Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown, off-season episode 7. This week we actually wanted to kind of talk about something that's a little bit, I don't necessarily know, fun, but just kind of interesting, and just looking at what the best World Series was of each decade. Uh, Part of the reason we wanted to talk about it in this format was... It's easier to compare get World Series against the other ones in their own decade because all of the players are much more contemporary. So I think that makes it a lot more of a fair comparison when you're only comparing, you know, the World Series that took place in the 60s against one another rather than trying to compare one from 2016 against. You well, know? And, and we, you know, I think I don't know if you feel this way, but um, starting the decades with the actual number so that we just started the decade of the 20s, even though, you know, uh, it, it happened in, in October. But we had the greatest World Series of the 2020s is the one that just happened. It's the only one of the 2020s. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so that that was gotta go. Yeah, and and for, for the practices of this episode, we're only doing from the '60s onwards, mostly just because it's a lot, just to cut down on time, and also just because we know this period a lot better, and so it's a lot easier for us to speak with more knowledge and on fans the know it better yeah, too fans, i mean you know let's face it knowing knowing this what happened in the series in 1930s you can look it up and talk about but it but it's not the same has context like they do for the ones more yeah. recently so i mean starting off what i think what was kind of interesting looking at this was immediately what i noticed is in every single decade there's at least one quality 4-3 series like really good 4-3 series so i think that immediately kind of makes it interesting and that you really we really only had to look at the 4-3 series right because there were just too many good examples of them that you could have had somehow had a less game six game or less series that was of a higher quality it was just that's just unlikely and it just wasn't what from what we saw and then the other interesting thing i saw is that there have been a lot less five games seven game series over time you we had a ton of them in the 60s 70s and 80s and then they've kind of fallen off though there was a resurgence during the tens a bit so if we include the 2020 season from 1960 that's actually 61 mm-hmm. you know, year there were 18 seven game series in that period so a little less than one out of uh what three mm-hmm so that's so that's pretty good, actually, that you would think that you're going to get a seven game series something like 30 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But then but then you look at from the 60s through the 80s. Right. And you had what, like uh, 15. You had something close to that because you have. Well, again, we're going to talk about the ones in, yeah. in all the decades. We'll talk about right. them. Yeah, they, they, they all there's a spate of them. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, you know, you look at it. There was just to look at it. There's what? Six in, six the, six, in the 60s. There's five in the 70s. And there's four in the 80s. Six, five, four. So that's 15, 15 right. in 30 years. Mm-hmm. So 50 percent of them, every other year, every other year you had a seven game World Series, which it's interesting. You'd almost say that kind of corresponds with the explosion of baseball's popularity Ever almost every single single season you had most likely a pretty epic world series right right and 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 i think you'll make the you're making the point you know before the show just about how just because they go seven games you know doesn't necessarily always mean every game was a fantastic you know game or a great series right and i think because like talking starting in the 60s the one i would use as the example for that is the 67 world series between the cardinals and the red sox Mm -hmm. like every game wasn't close 
undercurrent of that series would be that the Red Sox still hadn't won since 1918. So that's why everybody was super interested 50 years later. Right, yeah. And that's why it's a very interesting World Series, but in terms of the interesting level of the games. And so for this, for this one... It kind of feels bad for the 60s because it feels like there's a very obvious choice. Right. But I want to so, – so for me, the obvious choice was the one that I went with, and that is the 60 World Series. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to pick it. Well, and, and, and there's so many things about that series. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if I'm thinking that there's one series in that. I, I might not pick that one, but I really like that one. Well, the, well there's another one right, that I right. wanted to give okay, shout out okay. to. So, so, right. So that series, uh, the Yankees hit 338 in that World Series. The Pirates hit 256. The Yankees outscored the Pirates 55-27, almost 2-1. to one. Whitey Ford won two games, as did the Pirates had two. So this is, you know, everything But it, it's almost, like, I almost wonder if that's the kind of series that outside of the home run, obviously, in Game 7, that's more interesting looking back on it because you can see all of these interesting things that occurred to it. Whereas throughout watching the series, it might have made for a more boring series. Right, because the Yankees kicked their butts. In, like, three. <laughs> In their three wins, they kicked their butts. Right, it wasn't right, close. Right, right. But right. then the Pirates eked out four. But like, the, and so that makes an incredible story and something incredible to look on. A walk off game seven home run. And, and yeah, that's the problem. The, like that kind of has to be it. You kind of have to pick it because of that. Because I don't think it had happened before uh, Mazeroski did. And the it. first one, right. you kind of have to go right. with it. That was my problem. So I, you know, I also saw the the MVP of that series, and Mazeroski had an excellent series and mm-hmm. didn't win the MVP. Which Bobby is, Richardson, the Yankee second baseman, won the MVP. Which what? Is, what? Uh, that almost feels like a kind of thing where the like the writers wanted the Yankees to win, so they gave it to the Yankee player because they're like annoyed or something. I don't know. Um, I, I also tracked the Yankees had three future Hall of Famers on their team. The Pirates had two. Okay, and Mazeroski and Clemente, and the Yankees had uh, Berra, and they had, uh, let's see, I'll think of it. That would be uh, Roger Maris, I believe. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. What am I saying? Whitey Ford, mm-hmm. um, yeah. obviously, and I'll think of the other. But you know, so so thinking of three, you know, five Hall of Famers, that you will find, and I have that for all the series. It's always yeah. interesting to look back yeah, and see I, how many guys. I, I'll made be it. very interested in that because, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, like for me, then the other to me the other super interesting World Series in this decade was the '64 World Series. Uh, okay, go on with the Cardinals and the uh, Yankees because so, there was so every game was crazy close. And and it's interesting because this that that season is known more for the Phillies collapse, mm-hmm. right? Leading with like you know, fifteen games to play. They we choked. talked about that, right? Collapse. We talked about that, and so the Cardinals came back and won, not only won the pennant when they weren't expecting to win the pennant, they beat the Yankees, the juggernaut, in Yankees. a seven-game series that, as you point out, had some epic games. Yeah, like I think five of the seven games were decided by one run or less. Oh, run, run, duh. And so that, that that right there means every single game was down to the wire. So the series goes: Cards win, Yanks win, Yanks win, Cards win, Cards win, Yanks win, Cards win. Cards had the series over. So that every other the game, game was just back and forth. Like, and so to, that was the problem for this decade for me. Is it was really between these hard to two. Pick, hard to pick. Them. It's hard to pick them because in terms of the series, it's the Cardinals series. But in terms of what it means for baseball, it has to be the '60 series. So, so Brock and Gibson were your Cardinal Hall of Famers in 1964, and Whitey Ford and Mickey Mantle. I mm-hmm. was the other guy I forgot from yeah. 1960 as well. He was on that team as well. So, but there are other really great series. 
series, uh, the, the 62 series, the mm-hmm. Yankees win 4-3. And what I always remember hearing about with that series is that uh, – Willie McCovey's up at bat. It's the ninth <laughs> inning winning run on base. And Bobby Richardson, who, who won the 60 MVP, <laughs> makes the catch, line drive, caught, World Series over. And that was the series where McCovey hit the longest home run he had ever hit in his life, right? Didn't he hit like an absolute a, a, bomb a, in one of the games? And, and, and absolutely, you're right. And and all games were four runs or less margins of victory. So, so that's you, a you tight didn't have series. Any, you didn't have any laughers, at least. And Ralph Terry, who was not a pitcher that a lot of people, I don't know, have you ever heard of Ralph Terry? Never. So Ralph Ralph Terry pitched a complete game, one nothing shutout in Game Seven, and that's the kind he of, did win the MVP. Yes, and, and considering later on, that's a justification of, for something I'm going to use to talk about another series. You have to give a lot of credence to so that. So there were seven. Well, by the way, uh, the winning run in this series scored on a ground ball double play. <laughs> So double play, two outs, run scores. That's the one run that holds up to win game seven in the World so Series. so weird. So it wasn't even driven in yeah. by a hit. It was just, you know, a, 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 Were they not playing the no game? RBI. No RBI. That's so no, no RBI. It's so got to be so weird. What seven happened? Hall of Famers. Wow. Seven Hall of Famers. And we talked about McCovey already, uh, Willie Mays, mm-hmm. Cepeda, Juan Marichal, and the Yankees had Barra Mantle and Ford once again. Um, so the 62 World Series... You know, I think is there, and I think even the '65 World Series. Hmm. So the '65 World Series was the last World Series in which Sandy Koufax dominated. The next year, uh, he had a great season, but didn't pitch much in the '66 World Series, which the Orioles ended up winning, mm-hmm. and he retired after. Yeah, because he, he retired after like eight was, yeah, seasons, yeah, yeah, right? Eight seasons. No, no, he made. He had the. He uh, got ten. He yeah, got he's 10. got his eleven. I think eleven seasons, so he qualifies for the Hall of Fame. What an interesting career, by the way, because we knock guys for short careers, but nobody knocks Koufax for it. And nor should they because it was just because the, the, so dominant it's the same way if trout had retired at 10 where you're just like look the peak was so good in those 10 years he still deserves to be in so so the 65 world series the home team wins the first six game, games and then sandy koufax goes out and pitches a complete game game seven against jim cott who's a guy i would say should be in the hall of fame uh but he is not uh and he pitches a two nothing complete game three hitter game over yeah that's just that's what you do when you're, you know, a Hall of Fame pitcher. So Minnesota only had one Hall of Famer on that team, the great Harmon Killebrew. Mm-hmm. So to, for them, and they were a, a new team, and we talked about how when the Senators moved, they'd only been in the league for four years, kind of like the Marlins a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal that they were even in the In the World series, series, correct, correct. That's that's a big and deal. And they would have probably been massive underdogs to what I imagined was a pretty a, stacked a, Dodger A classically team. good Dodger team, Drysdale, Koufax, yeah. you know, so. You um, know, if, yeah, because that's the thing. You always had Koufax and Drysdale. And the good thing they had them because the Dodgers had no Hall of Fame hitters on that team, no Nobody that batted for them ever made but, the Hall and of that Fame. was we had Drysdale Koufax. You almost could just get four wins in every series just off of that. Uh, you, you talked about the '67 series, which uh, I, I think you know uh, Gibson won three games. Yeah. Okay, so he gets the MVP. But that was at the time we talked about the lack of hitting in the major leagues. The Cardinals hit 223 for the series. The Red Sox hits 216. Was, Sounds kind of boring. It was yeah. It was not an enter at all an interesting series there. So the the series I would pick is actually the next year, the 1968. You picked World the '68 World yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of that was that I remember lying on the floor in my parents' bedroom watching game one of the 68 World Series and Bob Gibson struck out 17 Tigers. I'd never seen anybody do something like that. I was a little kid. Yeah. And it just so impressed the heck out of me. Uh, and Gibson, Mickey Lolich, um, ended up winning three games in that World Series, which was remarkable only in that the pitching star of that season was Gibson because of his 1.12 seasonal ERA, but Denny McLean won 
uh, 31 games that season. <laughs> the last guy to win 30 games and really did nothing in the World Series. Mickey Lowich kind of, not say out of nowhere, but not not as well known, he was wins not, three games. Yeah, he was not the guy that they were expecting to carry them in the World Series. You'd expect the guy that won 31 games to do it. So the, And the Tigers hadn't won since 1945. So it's hard for us in context now to think about that that's, you know, uh, 20 over 20 years later, and the Tigers are a great baseball fr- franchise. And so, you know, it was a big deal for the Tigers to come back and win. And they had Al Kaline uh, on the team. They had Eddie Matthews, who uh, who was there for a, for not very long, but won the uh, won a World Series with them. And Gibson, Steve Carlton was on the '68 Car- uh, Cardinals. Um, was not a primary pitcher, uh, but did pitch Cepeda and Lou Brock. So they had four Hall of Famers. Um, I think that was just the most, and it was for me the the TV coverage of that series really set it apart because it really sort of. You know, was was watched across the country in a big way. You know, great World Series. So that's six in one decade. Yeah, that's the biggest decade that we have to get through. The next one's pretty big too. Right. So the seventies. Um, interesting. It's a lot of the same teams. Well, the seventies. I always like to say it was it was actually the seventy one World Series. So so the Pirates. Uh, beat the Orioles in the 71 World Series, four games to three, and the Pirates beat the Orioles four games to three in the 79 World Series. So you, and then it's that bookends a so whole bunch of athletics it, yeah. and Reds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, right, because now this is the area of the big red machine, mm-hmm. uh, but the Oakland A's won three straight World Series in the 1970s. Including two seven-gamers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, the second of which, as a Met fan, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to a little bit. That was a World War II. The Mets were kind of lucky, in a way, to get to the right, World that, Series that it, season. It, it, we can start with that since we're there, and that was why this wasn't one of my choices. I agree. Was that the I Mets kind of... You don't want to say fluked their way to three wins, but they were not exactly what you call convincing wins, considering how thoroughly they were kind of beaten in the other games. And yet the A's scored 21 runs in the entire World Series. The Mets scored 24. But it just never felt like you just look back at those games and the stats and stuff. And well, just- both teams did hit, you know uh, – uh, you know, very low, for blistering, low, yeah, very low averages in the two hundred nine or something <laughs> like that. You know, uh, and but the A's had three future Hall of Famers. You know, yeah. Catfish Hunter, Raleigh Fingers, and mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson, who was uh, you know a, a, a great player. The Mets uh, would have had any. The Mets uh, had had a guy named Tom Seaver. I didn't know if Seaver was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was. He was still a, a primary player. Yeah, that is that only team. four years from '69. So the, the that that particular World Series, um, the, the the Mets, um, there there were Jackson, Hunter, Fingers, and uh, Mays. Willie Mays was also on oh, the Mets. Okay, and, but, and you know, aged, that was really, and, yes, exactly, and very so, aged Willie Mays. That, that was not you know a great World Series. I think we we would both say Gene Tennis was the. Um, Winner uh, mm. of, of the in the in the year before, ever heard of Gene Tennis? No, never. Yeah, yeah, he was a catcher for the A's. He mm. won in '72. What do you know about the '72 World Series? That was actually my choice. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because good. this one, I thought, I mean, it You're was, right by the way. Uh, yeah, it was. This was just six one-run games. Just are we done yet? Yeah, <laughs> like in between two, just the you. This was the rise of the Red Machine, really, because this was like their first kind of like breakout season in this decade getting to this point and though they would later on in the decade really kind of take over well this was the start of their three-year run the, yeah this was the start of them but this was the start of the athletic three-year run right but it's also kind of the announcement of the yes, arrival yes. of the red yes yes you're right you're right that wasn't quite the big red machine just but yet you, it was the formation that this team was going to great be point. trouble great point and, and that's the series I, I made the mistake that's the series where both teams hit 209 uh, as a team the a scored 16 runs in seven games 
Right, but it made every game just so. They won. Yeah, they. But it was it was such a tense series. That's what made it so interesting. The Reds scored twenty one, by the way, and lost because yeah, because in the couple of games that like in the couple run one, I think they won like eight one in one of the games or something. Right, right. Games they blew them out. And the MVP of the American League in nineteen seventy two was one Reggie Jackson, who did not play in the World Series. He pulled a hamstring trying to steal home in the last game of the league championship series and sat out the entire World Series. Could you imagine if a player did that today? Right. He would get crucified. Trying to steal home. Reggie Jackson. Like, they would be like, what are you doing? I, I, I thought that was uh, quite a little interesting footnote uh, there. I mean, there's still other interesting World Series. Though. That that was probably the one I spent the most time on in this decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we talked In 71, by the way, the great Roberto Clemente uh, won the MVP, and that was just a, a year before he, he tragically passed away. You know? um, and, and then so the, the, the series that most people talk about when the 1970s are um, discussed is the 1975 World Series. Yeah, that's kind of the other choice because, again, interestingly enough, because of the storyline, the Red Sox with their second, this is their second big shot since the 60, the 67 World Series. Correct, correct. And the Reds hadn't won, by the way, since what, 19, gosh, 40 or something like that. So they, they had not won a World Series you know, in in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So that was a big deal. One of the, it was kind of like the later World Series we're going to get to in the tens, right? You had two teams, no matter who won, one of them was getting a monkey off their back. So you know, it, people say that this was the greatest World Series of all time for for years, and and and, and the epic shot of Carlton Fisk waving the home run, you know, fair. But but that's the series I think where the narrative now that people are looking back on it, it's lost a little bit of its luster. I feel like people don't rate it as highly as a lot of the other series. Uh, there I were five like. one run games. That's yeah, pretty pretty good. And you know, the Reds had the Hall of Famers in Bench Morgan and Perez. And they also had Pete Rose, you know, so... <laughs> Only Pete Rose. Uh, and, and the Red Sox had uh, Yastrzemski and Carlton Fisk. Uh, and they had two other great players that are almost guys in Tiant and uh, and Dwight Evans. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think you have, you know, Pete Rose was a series MVP. Um, it was a great World Series. It was, yeah. It's just interesting that, like, I think it's just, I think people look back on it more fondly Less fondly now than they did mm. what right after. Well, because there have been a lot of great world stories since then, so that right. it, it, maybe that held up for the prior thirty or forty yeah. years. But there have been ones that have supplanted it. And, and I think, minds. and I think there have been so many more comic images, and especially with the advent of TV, I think that shot of him waving the waving at the ball is less impactful now than it was back then because that was one of the first of its kind of this yeah, epic yeah. memorable right. TV having moment. a video tape a video recorded like that yes and and uh, uh, one one footnote on the 1973 met loss in that world series I, I remember that for the series in which Charlie Finley who owned the A's fired his second baseman for making errors during the world series and they had lodged a case against me against Finley and major league baseball Bowie Kuhn told him he had to reinstate the guy wow the guy named Mike Andrews I, I guess I still remember this and all that but he got fired for making errors by the owner during the world series <laughs> that's a uh, something that would never happen today <laughs> right 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 so the uh the last one would be um the other pirate world series yeah the book the, the bookends of the decade and and that was the we are family where sister sledge song from that year became the rally Anthem, cry yeah you know sort of like um what was the hockey team uh, gloria for the blues who just won the stanley cup they would always be playing it's like why are you associated with this song well this was a big song at the time mm. uh, the, the sister sledge song and they had 
aged Willie Stargell, who was the series MVP Pops and got his, you know, World Series win again. That was the second one of the decade. And, and the Pirates had some really great players. Uh, and that was a 4-3 World Series, and the Pirates came back from a 3-1 deficit. Yeah, that, that is the kind of why that one is remembered, because of that comeback. But, but you know, when I look back through this thing, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. I looked at, okay, here's your Game 7, you know, 1979 World Series. Grant Jackson beat Scott McGregor 4-1 to in Game 7. Yeah. Have you ever heard of either of those pitchers? No. no right. Most like, people have not. That, yeah, that kind of hurts. Why were they pitching game seven? Yeah. So two future Hall of Famers for each. Jim Palmer and Eddie Murray. Was Pretty good play. players. Yep, yep. And Willie Stargell and Burt B. Home Blylevin, as, as uh, Chris <laughs> Berman would say. So uh, I didn't realize that Blylevin was on that team. And it took him a long time to get elected. So that claps out the, the 70s. And now you get on to the 80s. It's going to go faster now because we don't have that many. Yeah, there's there's only four in this one. Yeah, right. And I feel this one's a little indulgent, but it's so easy. I mean, is there any other choice for this decade? So am I going to pick the best World Series of this of this decade? Okay, I'm going to think about that first because I have them in chronological order. But you go first. Go ahead. Talk. No, no, no. You go. Let's go in chronological order. Let's okay. Get, let's do this. What is due because okay. it's like, as Met fans, it's so obvious which one we because want to here's go. Here's the with. thing. Right. I'm not going to pick the same one. You're not going to go. I'll go against it. I'll just go against it just for the sake. Anyway, the first one is I would not consider the greatest World Series of the 80s, but it was an interesting World Series, the 82 World Series. Mm -hmm. Between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Where Keith Hernandez and the Cards Mm -hmm. uh, beat the Brewers uh, four games to three. There were five future Hall of Famers in this World Series. Should be six. Bruce Suter, Ozzie Smith. Um, yes, you're missing Keith. Uh, and then Robin Yount, Ted Sibbins, and Paul Molitor for the for the Brewers. So obviously a very good hitting team. It's funny no Brewer pitchers. I, I, for, it's interesting because to me, I always think of Paul Molitor like as a more contemporary player for me. Wow, that's interesting. Well, he, he, he's a DH probably into the 90s. Into the 90s. Played. So I have like vague recollections of him as a player. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, a pitcher you probably haven't heard of, um, Joaquin Andujar. No. Right? And, and good, good thing, I'm, I'm better off me pronouncing it because I heard it before I had to try and read it, uh, won two games for St. Louis, including Game 7, which was saved by Bruce Souter. So, you know, the, the, the MVP of the series was Daryl Porter, who was a catcher. Um, a lot that, of catchers. <laughs> that actually ended up going to Kansas City and winning a World Series with them later in the 80s. <laughs> Um, uh, Interesting. Two guys in the same World Series did that. Well, in fact, the next the next one would be that one. Right, right. So Daryl Porter goes from St. Louis to Kansas City, and he ends up taking taking and going to the World Series with them in '85. And I could pick this World Series as I thought was just the most interesting World Series in in I, I've I've seen. And then until my team won it the next year, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's just give this what it's due. So so yeah, you know that was the Brett Saberkin Hagen World Series. Um, well, he was uh, dominant, right? He, he was diamond. We don't have the '88 World Series on there in which the the Dodgers, you know, beat. Uh, the, uh, the A's, uh, Earl Hersheiser had an amazing season in, and had all this. That was, wasn't that, that was his like crazy Correct. Year, so, right? so Sabre Hagen had the same kind of thing going on in 19. And he was, uh, uh, I think his wife had just had a baby. So they kept showing, or she was pregnant during the dug of that, him thinking, oh, is my wife giving birth to the baby while well, I'm trying to win the World Series? They, they, they had this thing going on during, during the World that Series. That was like a storyline. They were like, this is really good. Line, People know, might like this. Sabre, so um, you had um, Ozzie Smith and George Brett. 
Um, Two pretty good players. Yeah, yeah, as part of that World Series. Sabre Hagen, who, again, another guy you could make a case Mm -hmm. for a Hall of Fame career. Jack Clark, a really good ball player. Willie McGee, Pendleton. John Tudor was a noted Met killer. You probably haven't heard of him. Great left-handed pitcher. Uh, Not a a Hall of Fame guy. So just a lot of really good, you know, players uh, on these two teams that made it a really interesting series. Highlighted, though, by the Royals uh, coming down from uh, three to one, uh, helped by a Don Denkinger call at first base that will forever love the Cardinals. A Jorge Orta getting called safe instead of out, changed the World Series. Kansas City comes back, and and then they whitewash the Cardinals eleven nothing. Because in game from seven. a ranking a series, a moment like that actually kind of helps it, even though right. it was an error. The fact that it happened makes it a more interesting World Series. Uh, you can say Don Denkinger to any Cardinal fan, like oh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he killed us. So, and then the next year, you're followed up with. I mean, to me, this is one of the all. This is up there. This would be in most people's top five. I feel like for all time World Series. Well, and and, and I think you said it before, situationally, right? So think think about the teams and, yeah. and, and particularly the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox again. Right. This right. is the it, now the third. Now decade, we're sixty eight years later. Yeah, the third decade in a row with their chance. You have an all time game six, you know, topped off with the ball going through Buckner's legs. But then I think, as you correctly pointed out to me last week, what often gets lost. In the shuffle was that how good Game Seven was as a follow up, because well, that was a one run game, right? Right. Too. The Red Sox went out to a three nothing lead, and then the Mets and, and they had Bruce Hurst on the mound. So th- th- this is really important because Clemens was the pitcher on the Red Sox, right? No, Bruce Hurst killed the Mets. He had already won two games in the World Series. The Mets couldn't hit him. They just couldn't get to this guy. And he was dominant in that World Series. So and then the Red Sox put up three runs. It's 3 nothing. The Mets are down against Oh, we got all the way back here. We and now, now, now we're, we're going to get, get shut down by, by this. It's going to be over, right? Um, and sure enough, the Mets came back and from three runs down. They tied it up 3-3 and ended up going on to win. And, and uh, you know, Roger Clemens, though he did win a game in that World Series, was not the pitching star. It was the other guy, mm-hmm. Bruce Hurst. I, I, one, another one of those weird things like that other series we were talking about earlier from the 60s where like Mickey Lolich won three games out of nowhere when he wasn't the guy on the team. Right, right. Bruce Hurst had a very good season, right? but, but it was still Roger Clemens had an amazing season and was he, thought to be the He star. was the guy to be that everybody expected to be the one dominating that World and Series. And Oil Can Boyd on that team, who uh, was was a really interesting pitcher to watch. Ray Knight won the MVP, uh, and, and I, deservedly so, because he hit 390 or something like that in the World Series, but the, 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 there, was, there was not a big-time hitting World Series by, you know, Either any stretch team. of the imagination. No, no. But just, you know, the... The, the, the drama of that series. The Red Sox on the top step, the whole thing, that's what made it a memorable right. World Series. Right, the, the Red Sox literally being as close as they could have been and then not being able to get over the finish line. But the series the next year, um, you know, kind of gets lost, you know, because we had a great we're 85 World Series. We had a great 86, World memorable series. 86 World yeah, Series. Yeah, you had three straight Game 7 World Series. And then, yeah, in 87, the Minnesota Twins. They take out the Cardinals 4-3 in a series in which the home team wins every single game. Yeah. Let's see. Like, that's an, a very interesting kind of situation where you got a series like that. I feel like the pro- – how were there any – bottom of the ninth victories in that series though you know i i don't have that um because that would actually really hurt 
that series, in my opinion, because then you never actually play a full game. <laughs> that that ballpark, you know, was known as the Homer Dome at the time. The Minnesota ballpark. Yes, yes. So the ball would just fly out of there, and and the Twins out homered the Cardinals seven to two, and the Cardinals. In the mid-80s were a speed team. They were not a power team. They had a guy on their team named Tommy Herr who one year hit nine homers and drove in 110 runs. That's pretty hard to do. Yeah, like that kind of tells you what kind of team they were. They right, were just going to – we're going to – Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith, uh, yeah, Willie McGee, we're going to run. Hit and run, steal bases. Right, Roddy Herzog's the manager, so that's the kind of thing. And in, in the cards had Ozzie Smith and that team as their Hall of Famer, Puckett and Bly Levin – were on the Twins, mm-hmm. um, but the Twins had a lot of good, not great players. Kent Herbeck at first base, who had a very it's good like, it's like, career. It's kind of you, like Gaetti, the you know. rare kind of time where, like, uh, let's take an example for another sport because I don't remember if there are any Hall of Famers on that team. The 04 Pistons. Yeah. I don't know there was a Hall of Famer on that team. Right. And they dismantled the Lakers right. that season. Right, right. Because they, they were just played, a team of really better. Of destiny, play. a team yeah. of destiny. And in a, a future Met... Um, and former St. John's pitcher uh, was the MVP and did win Game 7 um, for the Twins, Frank Viola. Mm, yeah. Another guy who had a very nice career. Yeah. Almost guy, though. Mm-hmm. Almost guy. So um, as we come down, you know, there's, there's not that many left. Um, no. we got the 90s, only two in the 90s. And I felt like this one was a pretty easy one. And that's the 91 World Series. Once again, the Twins. Once again, the Twins. Once again, another... Epic game seven, because that was the Jim, that's the Jim Morris game. Uh, Jack Morris, Jack, Jack Morris, Morris pitched a, a one nothing shutout mm-hmm. in game seven. Yep, yep. And the Braves kind of out hit and out pitched the Twins in that series. You know, they- uh, again, it's kind of similar to um, oh, there was a World Series we talked about that. There's a couple World Series like this where it's just like one team kind of just found a way to win four games. Right, right. Um, Jack Morris uh, is a Hall of Famer, as is Kirby Puckett. Uh, and you have guys named Smoltz and Glavin that are starring for the Braves, and another pitcher named Avery who was pretty good for that. Yeah, Steve, Steve Avery. Avery. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had they had quite the young guys. So uh, the MVP Jack Morris, um, just to really you know coming up with a game seven complete game shutout makes the series way up there, right? Because right. that's an epic, like like Ralph Terry's series where he won one nothing in 1962. That that means something. Having that kind of epic game seven really helps. But would you, would you, so of the two, you've got two, and then you've got the other one. The Marlins and the Indians in 97. Game seven walk-off single? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Ed, who was the guy that did it? Edgar Renteria. Edgar Renteria, wow. Yeah. A young Edgar Renteria, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes, because he, he starred in another series later on for another team, mm-hmm. uh, not a seven-game series. So the MVP of that series was Levon Hernandez. Mm-hmm, because that was, that was his magical – that was like that first year he came up and he was unbelievable, right? So, you know, exactly, exactly. So, you know, game seven – so here it is. It's the Indians – well, let's let's say 1997. So the Indians haven't won in a long time, right? They haven't won since 1948. So that's already you know 50 coming up on 50 years. The Indians lead two to one in the ninth inning. We're gonna win. We're gonna we're win, gonna, just gonna, like they were against the Cubs in 2016. We're gonna win. It's gonna happen. And it didn't happen. Yeah. That's you had two good ones, and I think that's what's kind of the interesting comparison because I felt like the two then you end up getting in the the aughts. One of them was great. I don't care for the other one. I didn't think it was a great series. Okay. So you have 
the 01 World Series with the D-backs and the Yankees. And yeah, okay, that you put the stamp on it. We're done here. Like, got game seven alone with Luis Gonzalez getting the game winning single off Mariano Rivera right, to right. win the World Series. You're to beat that series, you're gonna because nobody expected the Diamondbacks to win that series. And, and and it was such a pitching-dominated series because you had Johnson Schilling. and Schilling shared the MVP for the Diamondbacks. Because they were unhittable in that series. They they won the four games that they pitched, right? Yep. And the other three games, I think the D-backs just got beaten by the Yankees. So, uh, you know, Matt Williams is on that team. You know, another really good really player. Really good player. Uh, Clemens. Um, and then you had two almost guys, Bernie Williams and Posada. Yep. You know, that are on the Yankees. So, yeah, besides Jeter, obviously. Yeah, being, and Jeter. Being on that team. And, and Mariano Rivera. So that's some pretty good players in that World Series. And uh, mm-hmm. it was it was – you know, probably going to be the best World Series until the one that happened the next year. See, it's interesting. I don't like, yeah, this was such a weird one to look back on for me because I remember this one very clearly. And at the time, the Angels were considered huge underdogs in this series. That was the whole Rally Monkey series. Right. And they played this weird style now of hitting it. They were hitting and running. And but looking back on that series, it, it, it feels much more like the Angels should have won this. Like, like, how did we not think they were going to be the ones to win this World Series? Were we all just so caught up in Barry Bonds? Because that was the 73 home run season. Yeah, I think I think it ended in in, the, in in sort of a boring game seven, and I think that really hurts. You know that mm-hmm. the Giants led game seven and won nothing, uh, and then the Angels got three runs in the third inning, and that was it. So you just played it out, and it sort of takes the, there's not a lot of drama when a team kind of just sucks the air just out of it. Holding off, okay, we've got a four one lead, and we're just going to play it out. And the thing about it is, there were zero Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, in that World Series. That also kind of is what hurts it is that you don't have a lot. You only have Bonds. As, I mean, now Edmonds would have played in that World Series for the Angels, right? I believe you're right. I I believe so. No, he's a, no, no, no. He might have so. been a Cardinal. Nobody on the Angels was even close to being a Hall of Famer. Well, who was the MVP? An Angel, a guy. I don't even know if you know this player very well. Big third baseman from the West Coast, Troy oh, Gloss. Yeah, Troy Gloss. And so you know they had Kent. Um, and, uh, you know, Angels had like Darren Erskine, Kenny Lofton. Kenny, so, yeah, yeah. Two, the Giants had two almost guys for sure. We think Kenny Lofton should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, unquestionably. Uh, and a lot of people would argue Jeff Kent, you know, should be there as well. So, uh, I would agree that 2001, you know, definitely, you know, and particularly having the Yankees not win another World Series after they had won in 98, 99, and 2000. So, that's a, that's a big deal. And then you get to the tens. And this one might be the hardest one of all. It really well. I, I think I know what your favorite is, but let's see if I'm. I'll, I'll this pick. this one's hard because it's really difficult to pick. In all honesty, mm-hmm. you. I think that the problem is is there's one that kind of stands out the most because the game seven was that epic, and because of what it meant to both teams. Uh, we're gonna pick the same one. Yeah, I think. it has to be this 2016 yeah, one. Yeah, I agree. Like. The Cubs and Indians, both teams, Cubs getting their first World Series in literally 100 plus years. And the the Indians are at like 70 something, right? They're up there. Yeah, right since 1948. Yeah. So no matter what, one team was getting an epic monkey off their back. You have. Um, Not a rally monkey, an epic monkey. An epic monkey. Yeah. You had uh, the unbelievable home run by Rajah Davis. Rajai Davis, right? I forgot about in, that. In the, in the eighth inning, and then the Cubs come back and win it. And the, the, the Indian, like, to have that epic of a game seven, 
makes it really hard to beat when there was so much storyline for that series. So true. And, and you know, the Indians, uh, the, the two, the Cubs get two in the top of the 10th inning, and the Indians just get one, and they fall a run short. And the Cubs win their first World Series in 108 years, coming back from a 3-1 to one games deficit. Like, and leaving the Indians to be the team that hasn't won for the longest time. There's just so much. It's like, it's, just, there's, it's like one of those rare things where everything came together. You got the story and the games. Can you um, tell me who the MVP was of that series? Because I, I I didn't remember. I don't remember either. Ben Zobrist. Ah. Ben Zobrist was the MVP of that team. So, you know, there there are four other uh, seven-game series in, in and the there were And there were a lot of good ones. I think the first one in the decade would – it was a good series, but I think it kind of loses out in comparison I would have it lowest on my list. Yeah. I agree. I That's agree. the Cardinals-Rangers one from 11. Although three games had the winning team scoring their winning run in their final time at bat. Two walk-offs. Yeah, that, that's... Well, hold on. <laughs> it's just... Pujols, Berkman, Yadier, Matt Holliday. There's just something forgettable... Yeah, I agree. ...about that series. I'd hate to say it to a certain degree. It might be the Rangers. Yeah. That, that there was such an anomaly for the Rangers, you know, to be, you know, in the series. They are not in very often. It was um, kind of like, oh, you know, congratulations for getting here. You played a great series. Kind of like that... Um, Which series was it here? That Twins World Series in 65. Mm-hmm. Where, like... Good job, you guys got here, and we didn't expect you to get here that quickly. And 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 the you know the Rangers had Beltre on that team, Josh Hamilton, who at the time was a really good player. Nelly Cruz, my God, that guy has been around for a long time. The ageless know. one, absolutely. And and you know Chris Carpenter wins you know Game Seven with unspectacularly with yeah. four relievers. David Freeze is the series MVP. Just you know, it's it's got a lot, just not enough to be better than uh, especially the compared to some of the other right, ones. Right, right. The other one is the 2014 World Series um, that we haven't talked about with uh, Madison Bumgarner with Pitching. his five inning save in Game, game seven. seven. So that's that. There that, you go. Right there. That's epic. That's epic. Right there. And that that that's what that was a really good series because that was back and forth. Five games won by five runs or more, and two one run games. So either it was a blowout or it was a tight a game. Tight game, and you had. T- Tight games in the like you had, I think game seven was a tight game, right? It was, it was. Obviously. Yeah, now he it's a three-two giant win when he pitched five it's, innings, in scoreless ball after, to get after the save. dominating like game five. Right, right, right. He had just come back. You're exactly right. It was game five, and what I saw was interesting is they only had five home runs in the entire series. Total. Neither of those were Total. big power teams. Yeah, so that's that's like got to be one of the lowest home run totals ever mm. in a World Series. Um, and, and the one that I know, I'm sure the Dodger fans, you know, and now they got Bauer and they won the World Series. So and, the, the monkey is a little uh, – the, But the, they still the are mad about 2017, obviously. They will always be mad about that. And, and I don't want to get into all that kind of, kind of thing because the Astros won the World Series and you can talk about it all you want. 25 home runs in that World yeah, Series. Yeah, I remember them just crushing the ball. But only World two Series. games had four runs or more margins. Everything was one or two. Yeah, there was a lot of solo home runs two in Two extra series. innings games yeah which which is what elevated that's what made this 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 decade tough is that like all the next one too that happened two years later george like, springer by the way was your uh mvp yeah because he hit a, like four home runs in that world series or something now toronto blue jay yes um yeah and then the last one of, the, of, of that 2019 the nationals and the astros and this was a this was a good word as much as it sucks to say <laughs> This is a good World Series. So, so oddly enough, the first game was the only one-run game. But what makes this remarkable to me is we talked about the Twins World Series being the home team won every game. 
the away team won every game in this World Series. So you That's got, just so odd. But in some ways that makes it great because you had last ups in every game. So there was heartbreak in every game because never a team could come back in that final inning. Right. You, you, no lead was safe or you didn't feel like you had to put away. And Yeah, damn, absolutely. And Strasburg, rightly so, won the MVP. He, he was, was great, he was in, that great in that World Series. Um, so, But the 2016, I'd agree, would be... The, the problem for all of the other ones was that the 2016 was a good World Series if you remove all of the narrative elements. On its own, it would be a contender. But then you add in all of the narrative elements around right, it, right. and they, the others just never had a chance. But it, I think there is something to say, and, and maybe if we do the uh, the 1900s through the 1950s, that if you're going to have a Game 7, it really helps if there's something distinguished. If you just if Having a blowout in Game 7, they, like the 11 nothing blowout. Yeah, you know, hurts you almost more than anything yeah, else. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. It was a great series, though, for the first six games. Like, yeah, <laughs> you need to have that Game 7 because one of your competitors will, and and, and unfortunately, in a game, in a seven-game World Series, the seventh game is the most important one. Absolutely. So um, stay tuned for future episodes. We're hoping to get our first guest on the program. We're not going to tease out who it's going to be. Uh, and and you know, But if you've got uh, suggestions for topics, please uh, let us uh, know at uh, almostcooperstown uh, at gmail.com and tweet us at almostcoop, my mistake, uh, or hit us up on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at AlmostCoop.